This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Lather Talk. This is John, a.k.a. Lather Hog, and we have quite the show for you today. Gerard and I recently got to talk to Sean Mayer of Mayer Olfactive and Shachinon Lukes. We had such a great time getting to know Sean better, but before we get into that interview, I just want to share some ways that you can help support the podcast. One way you can support us is through our newly launched Patreon page. So far, as little as $3 a month, you'll get access to a bunch of bonus and behind-the-scenes footage and much more. We're kind of in the process of figuring it out. Some new patrons that have signed up since the last episode include Nate Bauermeister of BBS Live. Thank you so much, Nate. Thank you to Philip Tremblay of the Canadian Mafia Show. Thank you so much for your support, Philip. Thank you to Dante, a.k.a. Sensory Overload, who is a regular on our Discord chat. And last but not least, thank you to Arvin Lucio, who is one of our moderators on the Discord chat and all-around great guy. Thank you guys so much for signing up. If you're curious about how you can join our Patreon page, just go over to patreon.com slash lathertalk. Once again, that is patreon.com slash lathertalk, and you can find out the different pricing tiers and what are the bonuses with each tier. One other way you can help us financially for the podcast is checking out our newly launched merchandise page. Who doesn't love some fresh merch, right? You can show off your love of the podcast with some super comfy t-shirts or perhaps a new coffee mug slash brush soaker. You can find more information about either those items and future items at lathertalk.com. Again, you can check out our merchandise at lathertalk.com. We also just want to say thank you to our listeners at home, whether or not you can contribute financially. We know that it's not in everyone's budget, and that is no problem at all. Other ways to help support Ladder Talk is if you are watching this on YouTube, hit that like button and become a subscriber if you haven't done so already. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can help us out by leaving a five-star review. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate your time, your support. And now let's move on to the interview. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Lather Talk. Today, for the first guest of season three, we have Sean Mayer. You may know him from Chatillon Luke's or Mayor Olfactive. He is a perfumer and maker of wet shaving and men's grooming things. Sean, welcome to Lather Talk. Well, thanks for having me. I didn't know this is the inaugural episode. That's a, it's a big deal. 
you're our first guest. We did record one before, <laughs> just to kick off the season. But you, but you, just... you have the honor of being the, the first guest on for season three. I'll take what I can get, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're very happy to have you on. Glad you could carve some time out of your busy schedule uh, just before we start rolling. Uh, we did mention, or we were talking and catching up with Sean. He just came back from vacation. Uh, so it's not, I don't know if you want to share a little bit of, of uh, where you went and kind of quick highlights. Yeah, like, honestly, I, I think they should give me a little kickback because I'm going to like push it so hard, but <laughs> I went to Jackson Hole and it was amazing. Like it was cool. And like, the cool thing was it's like that shoulder season. So it's not like ski season yet, but it's also not like summer season anymore. So like we got this like luxury condo for super cheap, um, like that Snow King Mountain, definitely like it, it's really, it was really cool. And it was like right there in the town. It's like I was saying, like the Grand Tetons are just basically like your mind is blown. Like for like you'll just stare at it for hours and still not comprehend how awesome it is. But yeah, I totally highly recommend Jackson Hole. It was incredible. Awesome. Sounds like a great time. And again, uh, their tourism bureau, you know, you can yeah. uh, look for Sean's details to, to compensate <laughs> do, do them properly. Do they have a budget for a tourism bureau? <laughs> right? <laughs> mm, I don't know. But you know, if anyone's listening from those parts definitely you know give give sean his props there but um yeah so so we mentioned you know there's i think there's there's a lot to to get on today's show uh in particular like we love uh sean we love talking about the just just perfuming uh and you know like that's i know that's like that's your thing uh but just like how it ties back to scent memory even just you know uh just a little preview for ahead we're gonna get into like how you know sean's creation process and even just make some history because uh he's got a lot of he's got a lot of sense under his belt uh and you know and and rightfully has been acknowledged awarded for you know for for many of those creations so um i i try to do a little research saw that Chateau Lux was started in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely got to mention uh, your, uh, your native St. Louis is the, uh, it's very foundational. It seems to be a, a lot of the uh, inspiration for, for those scents. And correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, but the first, the first scent that came uh, was, uh, I might butcher the name, uh, is it Gratio League Square or Gratio League Square? That was one of the first ones. That was like, so I had like an initial run and it was the Lord of uh Catalan's Prairie and Vid Poche. And then that, and then Gratio League Square came like right on the heels of that. So that was like the first one after the initial. I feel like oh. Gratio League Square was the first one where I was like, I'm really starting to get the hang of like how perfuming works, you know? So, gotcha. So my research mm-hmm. was incorrect. I apologize. I, I honestly, I wrote this down a little while back because I kept forgetting when stuff came out and people would ask me. I was like, I oh. I got to figure this out because I have no idea. To just piece together your own history. Yeah. I know. I was like, <laughs> I did it at one point. I know I did, but I can't tell you when or, or what. It's all good. I think we have a, a somewhat working, you know, uh, t- timeline for it. I, th- I think that's fine. Um, and so, so that was back in 2015. And uh, th- thanks for putting, you know, that initial lineup out there. And then more recently, 2020, you spun out and came up with Mayor Olfactive to kind of really go hard for, um, um, you know, scenting, perfuming, and um, uh, just kind of this whole other, whole other world. And uh, I- I'd love to hear more about kind of, was it a, was it a difficult transition? Um, 
to go from you know, that wet shaving grooming space into the world of perfumery? Um, well, it kind of was like a weird thing. Like it was like, a, so I kind of like had what Meryl Factor originally was like Chateau Lux Parfums. So I tried to like, I kept on trying to be like, I'm trying to walk the line. I was trying to do two things in one, you know? And it was like trying to, I was like, I want to stay true to the wet shaving people, but I also like want to do this thing that's like pure perfume for the art of like perfume and like just really blowing it out, exploring like really, you know, rare and expensive materials. I couldn't really afford to put in a shaving soap because somebody wants to pay, you know, 50 bucks for a shaving soap. So like, it was like, and I was trying to like walk the line and uh, Dave from American Perfumer, who's kind of like a confidant and like a buddy of mine, he was like, you know, have you ever thought about separating your lines? And I was like, well, yeah, like actually, actually I have a lot. And uh, so it kind of made sense that I kind of come out with this new thing that was just like something that like was, because Chateau and Lux is all about, uh, you know, uh, St. Louis. It's all about inspired by the history of St. Louis. But like, also just sometimes I wanted to like be like, hey, I really want to explore like narcissists. Like I really, I, and I'm not really inspired by the history. I just want to like be like, this is a beautiful natural material and I really want to explore it. So it was kind of like, I wanted to go and like start this other thing. And I just felt like it's good to have like a cutoff. Like this is Chateau Looks is like, mm. uh, like the stuff you can, like you can put, it could, works really well in like grooming like items. It It's like, can be affordable enough compared to other people. Like, you know, I know it's not like great compared to like a multi-billion dollar corporation, but for like someone like me, who's a one man show and doesn't have the quantity discount that like maybe a big corporation could, I want to try to make it as affordable as possible. Cause I want to let people into like the niche fragrance world without having a barrier to entry. But at the same time, you do want to explore these like really cool materials. So like, I wanted to have mm -hmm. something that felt like this is different and this is why and it's just easier to say like if you want if this is this this is that like it was getting really confusing so I kind of wanted to just yeah have a avenue where I could just really open it up and be like see what I could do with you know whatever I wanted to try just have fun with it you know gotcha gotcha and just to backtrack a little bit just because we've been mentioned St. Louis and how that really was driving a lot of the scent creation for Chateau and Luke's um for like in your own words, for someone who's never visited St. Louis, how would you characterize your city? Um, I would say it's the, it's, it's cliche to say it's the gateway to the West. That's kind of a whatever thing. What did I think it is? I like to say it's the last East Coast city or the first West Coast city. So it's like this weird mishmash of like, we have a lot of red brick. We have like, it's more urban dense compared to a lot of Western cities. But at the same time, it's like, it was a place where a bunch of cultures like came together and then like so we, there's this like a lot of people like a lot of things just kind of like wove together to form this weird like um unique culture like so like we have this thing called missouri french or pawpaw french or prairie french and it's like we mispronounce we really butcher a lot of french language because <laughs> there were so many different cultures that came together bastardized mm -hmm. the language and now it's this totally different thing so like you know we'll have like so many different words or streets that like when I like you'll see it and you'll think this has to be like Debalvier it's like no it's Debalver and that's the way we say it around here and you know stuff like that it's but it's like this weird unique little spot where you can go and everything's like there's more culture than you would ever think we have a ton of like um chefs that have been nominated for James Beard Award so we have a ton of free attractions like one of the best used in America for free like a great art museum all this stuff in Forest Park where the World's Fair happened um and it's just a place where you can go, you can visit, you can, um, and you can be as like, 
Yeah, sorry, Forge Park right behind you. Um, yeah, so it's like a place where you can go and you can like have, a, you can like just really explore. You can see the big level things. You can like, neighborhoods are very, very well-defined in their like cultures. So you can like go to like South Grand and you have like a bunch of really great restaurants and like dining, or you can go to like, you know, where I'm at in like uh, Benton Park and see a bunch of great history in the in Anheuser-Busch. Like, and so it's just like, um, it's, a, it's a city that I think the more the, that you explore it, the more it rewards you. And it's just a great place to go because it's just like so laid back and people are just like, you know, it's like a Midwestern place, but at the same time, it's got like really great like art and cultural history. Well, you've definitely sold me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got to go. I got to go visit St. Louis. Mm -hmm. St. Louis Tourism Board. Okay. Yes, you know, I guess this is the Jackson Hole. You guys podcast you guys gotta... now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Take a trip. Sean <laughs> <laughs> that was totally not my intention to, <laughs> to turn <laughs> but that's great no but i mean honestly that, that, that definitely painted it such a such a great light um uh, it just re it reminded me because uh as gerard mentioned he recently came out to boston uh to, to visit me and just kind of hit hearing from him the description and kind of you said for either the last east coast city or the first west coast city you, you know like the red yeah the red brick the kind of like that uh, just like the age of everything, the age of a building. When was it built? Like yeah, that thing's yeah. over a hundred years old, you know. <laughs> like, or uh, it's it's just it's yeah, it's so cool to see a place. Just look at a building and be like, because like in my area too. I, I mean, I'm in a place that was built in like 1912 and stuff, and it's yeah. just like cool to see all these buildings and they they have plaques outside. They see the history, and you're like everywhere you turn, you're like that's got like more and like I know it's not thing compared to Europe or whatever but like still it's so amazing to feel like part of a place that's just got so much history behind it it's just so much fun I, I love the west coast but it's sometimes that is lacking every once in a while where you're like man mm -hmm. I still have to it, feel that old history you know? so yeah I was telling John about this like the things that I noticed about you know Boston were like they were things I wasn't really anticipating on noticing Mm -hmm. um you know yeah the bricks and the architecture and and everything like that but just like I said road design you know like mm -hmm. Boston's like almost you know the area in general is almost 400 years old right you know like three 300 years old and and so it's so easy to tell that these roads were not made for cars mm -hmm. they were made for horses and carriages and they just put asphalt and they're just like all right figure it out yeah you know like like and, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, of course they would, because, you know, here in California, it's like this soulless grid system, mm -hmm. you know, where we have like 10 lanes per, you know, going east and west, you know, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I was just very, no, you know, in a good way. Like I was just, it was just some, one of the things I noticed. It's one of the things I, I kind of look forward to when I travel, you know, um, just all the things that I probably wouldn't have, you know, imagined, you know, just going to a place. Um, but yeah, it, no, it definitely sounds like uh, St. Louis has a, like you said, a little bit of, of both, you know, where it's, it, it's, it's kind of, um, you know, maybe East Coast, uh, like roots, but like vision of the West Coast, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, like, and stuff like that. So yeah, sure. It's, you know, and so looking at pictures, I've, I've looked at pictures and stuff like that. It's like, you know, really beautiful and, and everything. And, and yeah, it definitely, it sounds like a very underrated place for a lot of people. 
Yeah, it's kind of it's tough because it, it was a it was also a city that like tried to become West Coast in a way that like they put a bunch of like interstate highways like right in the middle of the city and it encouraged like some like urban sprawl that really decimated some areas in the city and there are some things mm. where like there's a lot of urban renewal now it was kind of desolate for a little while so it's not perfect but I feel like um you know they try they again it, there are upsides to being stuck between the two cultures downsides to being stuck between the two cultures and it's not a perfect city by any means I'm not going to try to but I mean, there's a lot of, uh, but yeah, it's like anything. Like, I think even the bad stuff you can learn from, you can real, and people are, and you see it and you like, you move forward and you realize why you made the mistake. And, you know, it's, it's not perfect, but yeah, I think there's, um, even in its imperfections, I think it's a lot, it's really interesting to explore, I think. For sure. Um, kind of just pivoting a, a little bit. Um, I do want to get into your your background. So, as far as day job goes, mm-hmm. is it still correct that you're a ad agency copywriter? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing whenever uh, whenever it's like eight to five Monday to Friday. But um, I'm probably actually later than that a lot of days, unfortunately. But you know, it pays the bills, and it's not. There's a lot worse things to do with your life, that's for sure. Well, I also saw that you were a musician and mm-hmm. I kind of tried to dig around just to see, you know, like what that constituted of and I couldn't find too much. So I was wondering if we could talk about, a little, you know, like what instruments do you play or like, do you still compose music currently? No, I, I play guitar. I play trumpet. I play trom- like I played trombone throughout school and I came through Ooh. the whole thing. And then whenever I like was in bands, I played guitar. I played bass in some bands. I played uh, trumpet and in my main band, I played like guitar and trumpet. And, um, you know, I love doing it, but it was like, I hated dealing with drummers. I hated getting all the practice together. I hated like trying to coordinate everything and be like, and book shows and like try to like coordinate all the logistics or everything. Cause it's like, it's like, again, it's like a lot like perfuming or starting a wet shaving company. You think you've come up with this cool product. You're like, I was creative. I came up with this thing. And then people are like, cool, but you have to do so much more beyond just coming up with that awesome thing. You have to like, do some and you you find out it's like doing the creative process is such a small part of the actual like business yeah but um so like I, I kind of I enjoyed it and I just kind of like but at the same time I'm one of those people if I'm not trying to achieve a goal I don't really get motivated to do it so I have a guitar sitting out but I just it's got dust all over it you know I just I I'm all I'm all about like trying to achieve a goal I guess I'm a little too type a maybe once in a while you know <laughs> So okay, so you you were a gigging mu- musician. That I mean, you know, it wasn't just like plunking around at, at home. You, you know, you were playing mm-hmm. in bands and bars. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> uh, yeah, that's actually it's a shame. The reason I haven't been to Boston yet is because whenever we had a show fall through in Boston on like the East Coast tour that we did and stuff, and I'm saying it's one of my great uh, regrets because we did we went up there and we you know we went up through Pennsylvania all that stuff and yeah, played, like. Uh, in New Jersey and we played uh, New York City and Brooklyn and stuff but we had a show follow through in Boston and we had, couldn't so I ended up hanging out in New York a little a couple extra days but I it's on my list and uh, I definitely need to make it up there but yeah it was cool because we weren't like huge and we weren't super successful but we got f- some free vacations out of it you know mm. saw some stuff I'd never see you know if I didn't and didn't have to pay for it so you know so it's almost worth sleeping on floors and dealing with <laughs> You know, drummers again. No offense to the drummers, but oh my goodness! Wow, Sean, you really hate the <laughs> <laughs> percussionists per- are a different breed of people. They truly uh, are. 
That's true. Well, and now I just realized as that left my mouth that there are some listeners who are legitimate musicians, both percussion and other and other things as well. So it's okay. I mean, they it's, should know. They should know. I think even a drummer, a drummer who is self-aware knows that drummers are a different breed of people. They live on a different planet and and God bless them. But you know, they're I played I played woodwinds in high school. I played sax and clarinet and okay. So and then I realized like I'm good. I have some skill, but I don't want to pursue this as a profession. So then that was it. The, ch- the chops went away shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how quick it goes. You you work so hard, you work so hard, and then suddenly it's just gone within a couple months. Well, if you definitely make it up in the Boston area, definitely let me know. Get you a beer or you know get, get some great food, uh, some nice options sorry sorry it didn't work out there's a lot of great i i I do like love all the small venues that are here or small Mm -hmm. medium venues because it's just nothing beats that intimate show Mm -hmm. um oh i meant to ask uh so what genre was uh the the band that you played with well it's funny uh so like my main band is called the short histories of powerful nations and believe it or not if you hear about shouting looks you will know that you shouldn't be surprised that it was about history and it was uh used <laughs> history's allegory for like a political thing and it was yeah so it was it, it's much in the same vein as Chateau and Luke's and like uh but it was music and it was like kind of like um kind of like a progressive like I don't know like uh it's always hard to describe that kind of thing but like mm-hmm. uh we liked the Mars Volta we liked jazz we liked um okay influences you know, yeah you can describe it yeah sorry about mm-hmm. that yeah Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, you're consistent. At the, <laughs> as yeah. far as, <laughs> Nothing else. I got I got a type. Very nice. Um, now, how would you say? I mean, actually, not would you say, but you know, the correlation between composing music and composing a fragrance, like what? There's so many parallels that can be drawn, but just like you know, in a nutshell, like how how would you describe that correlation? Well, I think you really started to lead down that path. I think it made it such an easy transition for me when I started like making perfume for the first time. I was like, this is the exact same thing. You have to have all the building blocks. You have to have like the base. You have to have the middle. You have to like even like the melody up top that will be so influenced by how the bass, like the, if you have a melody and like the bass, even though you don't notice it, it can influence so much how the melody like sounds. And if you change like the undercurrent, it can really change the melody. And like, it's so dependent on the whole thing. And I feel like, once I started like looking how fragrance was composed, it just clicked with me. I was like, oh yeah, this is exactly like writing a song. And it, uh, just, yeah, it's just such a great transition and great parallel. And I think that's why you get so many things like, you know, whenever you have different uh, it, like facets of a, of a perfume, you call it notes and you have like in bass, middle, top, top just like in mm-hmm, like in mm-hmm. music, you have bass, middle, top. And like, you know, it's, it's uh, so much, so much the same, I think, because, and again, like uh, we were talking about earlier, the, the emotional reaction you have to perfume and it evokes memories. And I feel like the only thing that comes close is music in the way that music can like evoke that visceral, visceral reaction, that like emotional reaction that you don't have, like a, you don't process it. It just goes directly into your like system and you just like have a, an emotional reaction without even being able to process or understand why and pull out a memory, you know? And I think that they're very much the same in that regard as well. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. 
Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, so, so because we're talking about drummers and like, you know, like bandmates, <laughs> And, and it basically, people that we work with, collaborate with, uh, I did want to touch upon, you know, one of your, in the world of wet shaving, uh, kind of longtime colleagues, collaborators, I'm, I'm not sure what you'd call it, Scott from Declaration Grooming. Mm-hmm. And you guys have uh, worked, you know, worked together for as long as, as long as I've been wet shaving and, uh, you know, a hobbyist and hobby, yeah, hobby, hobbyist and whatnot. Uh, how did, uh, could, you, could you kind of share a little bit, like, how did that partnership first start? Well, it's really funny because he had reached out to me and I'd seen him on like Reddit, like about talking about LML grooming. And I had ordered um, uh, a soap from him. And like when he came out of his bison base and he reached out to me and asked if like, you have you ever thought about like, you know, would it be, would you ever want to like put one of your sins in a soap? And I was like, he sent me the email, but I was like, I already ordered the soap. I don't want to answer the email until I try the soap because like, if it's the soap sucks, I'm not going to like want to like go with this. And so like, then it's so I, like, I got it like a couple of days after the email, I like rushed to shave with it and it was really good. I was like, okay, hell yeah, let's do this thing. And, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we got to be friends and you know, like we're, I feel like we're kind of similar in our uh, eccentricities or like, you know, just, um, and we have some similar senses of humor. We're both not, we're both laid back guys. I think it was just such a good fit. You know, we both have similar backgrounds and, you know, just what we like, how we like to go about things. So it's just like, it's almost effortless at this point. You know, we just, neither of us is like too worried about anything. We just get it taken care of. And it's just kind of nice. Cause like, it's such a complicated process. If you could have someone you work so well with. And I say that, and I've worked with other people and they're great too, but it's just like, I feel like I'm also a pretty loyal guy. And like we go back and we work together and it's like, why would I want to work with someone else? So like, it's kind of like, I mean, I enjoy working with other people. I guess I shouldn't say that, but it's just like when you have someone you work so well with, it's just like, it's such a perfect thing. Cause like, you know, it, it, in a world that's so complicated, it's so nice to have something you can trust, you know? No, for, for sure. For sure. It's, I mean, it's why, why mess up a good thing, right? <laughs> exactly. Bingo. <laughs> That's definitely been a great, you know, on the consumer side, it's been a great, uh, it certainly, you know, looks like a great relationship. The product scent experiences, shave experiences have been really top notch. Um, was it, uh, forgive me for not knowing exactly, but was it in 2020 um, or, or more recently where like, production of Chateau Luke's like, like have shifted over to to declaration grooming taking care of like you know, like aftershaves the post the post shave products the post shave right? products rather yes yeah yeah that was i think early 2020 um and it's something i had been thinking about for a while but i want to like put on scott and be like hey um 
I just don't, I can't handle this production anymore. I suck at production. I know you're really good at it and you're very efficient. I'm very slow and terrible and I hate it, you know? And it's like, my dread is like thinking about doing all this stuff. Cause, and like, I, I was like, and I just kind of like, it, it was taking me away. I was realizing I was like, you know, not being as creative as I wanted to because I was so stuck in this and he mired in the whole process of production. And, you know, especially uh, being only being able to do it part-time and he brought it up and I was like, dude, like that's perfect. Cause like, hey, I've been dreaming about like being able to freed up to like have be more creative and like try to try to like focus on what I think I'm good at and also like get away from what I'm bad at, which I think is just sitting down and like doing a production and filtering and bottling and doing all this stuff. And I'm just not suited for that kind of thing. I'm like more of a space case a little bit. I'll try to like, I'll be thinking about a formula. I'll be kind of like, mm -hmm. I'll be sitting around just doodling on a thing, thinking about what would go with this? How would this happen? And like, I'm not. And so the, to minimize the amount of production work I have to do and be able to focus on like, you know, I think I've been able to do like better work. And I think that uh, his help is really, you know, uh, even like with Mayor Olfactive as well, it's just like being able to be freed up to do this work, I feel like has been such a huge thing. And I think it, it, it was a bummer to like get rid of the aftershaves. I enjoyed the aftershaves and I enjoyed the wet shaving market, but it's like, man, like, uh, sometimes I think you have to like let go of something and realize that like, you know, you have to, first of all, trust the people you work with, but also know and recognize when someone's strengths are better and they can make a better product and they can do better than you and everything can be better if you just focus on what your strengths are and give up the things that you aren't good at. And it is a bit of an ego thing, but it is also, um, you know, once you're able to get rid of the ego, you can just really be like, this is how we can really thrive. If you can just like, Put yourself aside and be like what's the best thing for all of us here right now gotcha and, and i need to ask this just because a lot of our community members wanted to know but is there any chance even in the slightest in the future where you're you know you might make again aftershaves toners or salves i mean i would say even about zero <laughs> yeah like i mean i hate to say it i don't want to but it's just like um, you know, like I honestly too, if you want to be like truthfully honest, I was, it's not profitable. Like I, there was a point mm -hmm. where I had quit a job and I was working 40 hours a week making aftershaves and not making enough to survive, you know? So it was yeah. like, so it's kind of like the thing where it's like, um, I just can't like, I, I hate to say it, but it's like, I, I just need to be able to make a living. And it was like, and I feel, and I think, and it, again, maybe someone who is better at me at this, that whole like production thing maybe if they were more efficient, maybe they were able to find better ways to go about it. Cause I'm sure that's a weakness of mine, but like, it just sucked because I was like, I'm working over, I'm working more than full time right now, but I'm also like, you know, not really, uh, I was having to steal through freelance writing and stuff, trying to get, just make ends meet and stuff. And I was like, I think this is just not a sustainable model. And I think it's just easier mm -hmm. if, um, you know, I think it's all centralized and stuff like that. So, I mean, like, you know, I mean, it would be cool to do, but I think if I were to produce aftershaves, I would need someone else to help me do it. And if I already have someone else helping me do it, then it's like, here we are, you know, we're back. I'm, I'm going in a circle again. And suddenly it right. always ends up back at Declaration Group. And <laughs> well, Scott is the solution, you know, so. Okay. I, I I had to ask, but I mean, you know, given your answer to the previous question, like it yeah, seems like a really sure. good, really good setup and freeing you up to do, you know, since that time you started 
mayor olfactive that certainly re <laughs> requires needs i'm sure you want to invest more time there in the in that creation process so thank you thank you for yeah. hu humor <laughs> humoring like, me with that question yeah well it's also to remember we uh talked about how chatiel and luke started in 2015 i have not had a vacation since before 2015 no and i just finally got to have my first vacation this past week since no then. way so, um i feel wow. like that's kind of like a uh, earlier this year too, actually, I took like a long weekend, but those are the first times I've had like yeah. vacations since before Shafting Luke started. So like, that was pretty cool too, to be able to do that again, you know? Oh my gosh. That's well-deserved, Sean. I'm, oh, I'm glad you were able to take that. Is a week, week long, more or less? I wasn't quiet. I, I, I came to the office on Monday, but I left on, we left on Tuesday night, you know, and <laughs> close enough. Still, a, a proper vacation, oh, regardless yeah. of the... the <laughs> It was incredible. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, that's that's so good to hear. It's the quality of the time that you spent, not the yeah. quantity yep. of days mm -hmm. that you were gone. No, it's very yeah. true. <laughs> and the cool thing was there was so little cell reception that like sometimes you're just like, oh yeah, no cell phone. I guess I have to truly just unplug. And it was that's such that's such a nice thing. Cause yeah, again, like that's the one thing with having an artisanal company is you have to be on social media all the time. And I'm so bad at that already. To have an excuse to not do it, I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, not, not a fan of the social medias? I just kind of like... I, it's exhausting. I, it is. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I just... And I, I think I'm just saying this for myself, you know, uh, and other things. It's like, you know... Like personally, I have the, I have a shaving Instagram and then I have a personal and I'm just like the people that do this like full time. And it's like a one man show. Like I'm not even propagating in a product. I'm just like show, taking pictures of stuff, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not selling, you know, or anything, but I'm just like, who does this all like to be on top of it, you know, mm -hmm. like, like some people do it. It's crazy. It's so crazy. And you want to like give people the you want to interact with people and give them a genuine react like interaction too. It's the hard thing because like I want to go on. I don't want to just be like, hey, thanks, thanks, blah blah. I'm a fake guy, you know. I want to be like give you a genuine reaction and genuine like response and everything. But it's like at the same time, I feel like the thing with social media, like you said, it's so exhausting because you get sucked into this hole and you have to like mm -hmm. you get down and your next thing you know, it's two hours later and you've been like just going through all your stuff and you're like, man, I just, I was really needing to do this and this and this tonight, but like so like I know. That I need to like get my essentials done before I get on social media because I'll wear myself out. I'll go down like I've I'm a kind of introverted dude already, so it's like I'm not like so it, like you have like that limited fuse of like interaction before it's just like oh man this is like I feel like I'm about to explode. If I just need to like you know go read a book or something. So it's like uh, you know um, but it, it's it's so it's hard because you really want to give people part of the beauty and the thing I've was attracted to about the artisanal like companies is you get to talk, you get to know personally the person who is doing the products who is like their intentions behind everything like their process like who they are their personality stuff like that and I think that's so cool and it like really bonds you to a company but at the same time it's just so hard to put like all that out there and I say that even as a person who works in like the ad agency and like business I try to keep that out of there because I don't want it to become some fake brand like I've seen I, I do that that's my job I don't want to make that like what I love, you know? So it's like, so you want your social media to be genuine, but it's so exhausting to be genuine. And I think that's probably what you do on you all's like social media as well. Cause that's your whole thing is like you're facilitating community and like 
I'm like, if I tried to do that as hardcore as you guys do, like, man, I'd be, I'd be in like just worn out so hard. I can't even imagine that. Social media is tiring guys. So to sum up that portion, um, no, that's, I, I do like the, what, the point that you made about authenticity and, and genuineness, genuineness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If it's not Honest. a word, it is now. Yeah. I mean, Be- being genuine. Um. Being genuine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genuosity. That's definitely not it. Uh, but I think that that is, the, you know, with every new platform that comes out, you know, with TikTok now and other whatever, you know, by the time this publishes, you know, later in the week, some other platform will come out by then. But it, it's, yeah, you're right. It's like people are curating their their lives right and putting the their their best there and it's not that that's all well and good and like you said yeah i, I think your insight at you know being in an ad agency and it's like hey guys this is not how it is 24 7 right mm-hmm. um and i think just from uh, you know you, you mentioned like you're you're active on on reddit i feel like you are you come across you're very genuine uh, on reddit and uh I, I, dare I say, you don't pull your punches <laughs> if, if into, you know, if, if uh, on a discussion or debate. So uh, I don't, I, I, I see, I just want to, I guess, validate that, that you're, you know, you're, you're putting, you're putting you out there. Yeah. I kind of felt like that's the thing. If it's like good or bad, you kind of want to put it out there. And I know I'm not like, I'm a pretty opinionated guy and like, you know, I've got it and I feel like, um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's really important you do that. And I think that's uh, really thing like you know a national brand a brand that you would find like in uh home depot or something like just let's just say mm-hmm. like that's a brand that yeah you would need a curated brand you would need a like strict voice you would need it not to have personality you need to be bland i totally get that that's fine but like that's i mean not who i am like i that was a mistake i made early on with chatting looks too is like i was trying to do like ads and stuff like on mm-hmm. social media and try to use stuff i used from like the ad agency and just felt so gross and like it was not working that well and I was like you know I was like you know what that's what and it hit me I was like that's what people want and like I know people want authenticity but I didn't truly understand it until then I was like in this like what we do it's like we you just want a person like for better or for worse you want warts and all you just want a person and you want to be able to understand like this is just a because that's the truth too it's like I'm just a person who is trying to balance this and this and this and like I'm not a I'm not a company. I'm just a guy, you know, so it's, that's who, that's what I'm just trying to be. Very good. Very good. I can't, this topic got me thinking, um, and this might be just opening up a Pandora's box. Right. But, um, kind of, so kind of, uh, shifting gears more again to the, the fragrance side of things. I know my engagement as, as someone who likes fragrances, I actually watch quite a bit of like, uh, fragrance YouTubers. I don't know if you do, Sean, or not, but that <laughs> it's okay. It's totally fine if you, if you don't. Just like you know, like, like that's kind of like if I'm doing some research, I'll go check it out. But uh, I know that one thing that that online fragrance community a lot of times they talk about is the role of influencers, influencer fragrances, or even just like their role in, um, you, you know, like a new scent, whether that be designer, niche, indie, etc. I'm just wondering, like, you as you stepped into this space, like really, you know, really um, getting getting in the mix. Like, what's what's been your experience, I guess, with maybe that that aspect, the the influencer aspect um, of, of uh, sorry for the fragrance world. I mean, it's hard because I kind of 
partially it's like just a personal thing. I don't want to be like too, I don't want to start thinking about trends and stuff and what's popular and what's not. I just kind of want to like, uh, like, I, and I kind of have people I trust and know and I'm friends with and like, you know, they tell me what they're into and what they're not. It just makes it so much easier because I just don't want to like, I just don't want me to like start think, overanalyzing in my head because I'm an overthinker mm-hmm. like quite often. I don't want to start thinking like, should it be more like this? Oh, this is really popular. Should I be doing this? Like, should I be looking at this in, like material? And it's like, it's not even like I'm trying to be popular. It's like, I'm just like, well, this seems really cool. Why do does everybody like it? Should I explore it? Or like, I'd rather have a genuine curiosity. And there are like YouTubers and stuff who I like, like there's this channel questioning sense. But it's like I became friends with him before I started watching his channel, you know, and we were like, okay. we interacted and then I started checking out his stuff and we have similar backgrounds. Like I played music, he managed bands and stuff. And so it's like we had a thing to, you know, connect on and stuff. And I like, I mean, there are people, even influencers like uh, Mr. Clone 76, like we, I, I knew him, but like I met him at like the, uh, this thing in LA back in the back back in the old times when you used to do events <laughs> and stuff, you know, like, uh, and we became friends after that. And it's like, it just is so much easier for me to like, I, I kind of feel like I get so, so, so many like messages that all look the same that are just like, you know, the, the form letters that the influencer sent everybody and they want the bottles and they want you to like, you know, co- that it's why the term collaboration just like really irks me. Cause like everybody sure. like, you want to collaborate? I'm like, collaborate how? Like, what do you mean? Like, like, <laughs> how I'm like oh you mean like send you a bottle like that's fine but that's not a collaboration that's me like sending you free stuff for your review like like it's sure. like let's, let's make this word mean something again and maybe that's partially me as a writer <laughs> so you know not oh, like yep. how words being bastardized but like I'm just like I let's talk about our, our intentions let's just be honest with ourselves and like I don't again like I don't have a problem like if I get to know somebody being like hey I, you know I got this new thing coming up love to hear what you think about it but like, I just don't want it to be like, you know, try to be, act like we're like friends and buddies and stuff and collaborators whenever you're just like a person who doesn't even follow me, hitting me up, wanting a free, <laughs> you know, bottle. Yeah. I'm like, that's, I mean, that's like, fine. I like shoot your shot. Like, that's cool, but that's not who I am. And you probably wouldn't even like it if you don't follow me and you don't, you just kind of like, you know, I've made that mistake. I went down that road too. And it's hard because like, you know, I, I think there's a lot of value in reviews and, um, in people like criticism and stuff. And I think there is a role, uh, uh, like a role for like a quote unquote influencer if you are, do it well, because again, like I talk about Glenn, Mr. Clone 76, he's awesome. And he keeps it very honest and he like runs a community. And he does a very, he's very, very like concerned about doing things the right way. And like, I think that's really cool and people do stuff like that, but it's just so hard because like, you know, it's, it, the, those people do so much work and for good or for bad. And I just like, again, it's one of those things I talk about social media. I just don't have time to keep up with it sometimes. So if I know someone personally, I have a relationship and I trust them. I feel like that's who I like to work with, but I'm just not open to going and talking with any person, you know, just like trying to, so it's, it's such a tight, it's such a hard line to walk that I said, like, I'm just going to default to being like, keep my close inner circle, you know, and not trying to get too deep into that influencer game, you know? Don't do it. It's going to say it right now. <laughs> well, I, just, am, I, I like to get that reinforcement that I'm on the right path. <laughs> John may or may not feel the same way. Oh, no, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, 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 I'm I, on board with you guys. I, 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 no, I, and yeah, like, 
no, I, I mean, you, you put it pretty well out there, right? Like someone who's just like looking for um, free product, like they're already, that's, they're almost biased to talk good about it. Mm-hmm. Like just, just, you know, like wh- why get something and then just like trash it, you know, like, or e- even if you don't really like it, like, are you going to give that honest opinion, you know, about it? It's kind of, I don't know. So but yeah, no, I t- totally get it, and and um, yeah, and like I feel people, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Similar wavelengths to you too, and some people aren't, you know. So sometimes it's like you don't have to collaborate, collaborate quotes, collaborate with every single person. You know, you can like you can you can have a niche community. Like you know, you don't have not mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. has to be on the same page too. That's fine. Like I, I think that's the cool thing about the internet. But yeah, that's the problem with some of those influencers. Like you said, they don't honestly evaluate they kind of just read down the sent notes they like regurgitate whatever is on your web page and then they're like oh that's not a hey you you know but but you you have to uh, follow the algorithm you know like yeah the (laughs) algorithm it's it you know what is the scent of the algorithm uh what are are the 10 best summer fragrances (laughs) this yeah yeah. all of this all top 10 (laughs) yeah these are the top top 10 uh zoom meeting uh scents uh for you yes (laughs) I personally have chosen Shacheon Luke's West Egg. So oh. I, may that emanate from your headphones or <laughs> computer monitor. Because I feel like old money. That's why, I, you know, all of you, you're feeling like Gatsby oh, right now. piss ants over here. Well, that's a that's a deep dive. That's one of those for the real heads, you know, you know kind of thing where like, you know, because like that's the the Weinstrasse, like the, the original one, like the in development one, the kind of like the, well, you might call it a remix or something, I guess, you know, because it's got the champagne instead of the white wine. So I feel like that's a, I feel like that's a, that's a cool deep dive showing that you're like in the uh, no, the kind of like the. <laughs> it's a deep cut. Yeah, uh, deep cut. I, that's I, I, it, I'm pretty sure cut. I messaged you before. Sean, would you say it's like a flanker? That they're flankers of each other? Is oh, that no. Correct? Yeah, or no. 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 Did I just insult you? I'm yeah. I just, no, I just, you just suddenly, it's like you turned the mirror on me and I saw myself and I was like, oh, no, I made a flanker. <laughs> no, what am I doing? As, as someone that 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 has well, I, I had the or I have the the splash and for both and I and the um yeah they're different enough they're, they're yeah they're they're I mean they're whiny but yeah champagne and <laughs> the white wine it's like but they're they're like it's like different grapes you know what I mean like, like mm-hmm. so at least that's what I remember because I because I I took both. I wanted to smell both, and There's yeah, like that's a, just just from my just just from my like or from my memory, I'm just like no, that's true. I didn't. I use a lot more like that Cassie's like black currant in fine straws that I didn't use in like West Egg. I think that's a big difference in the middle. Hmm. And yeah, I think that I think they are different. I think it was it was kind of fun because I was like working on the one, and they were like, "Hey, could you make this?" And you could like a couple of weeks, and I was like yeah but like i'm gonna need a jumping off point and like here's like you know uh so like i so i kind of like was like it, having two parallel paths of development like vine strass and over here and like mm. uh but it was kind of fun because i was like it's kind of like you know working on two different ideas at the same time they're close enough but not quite so it's kind of fun to like experiment to like make an experiment on both of them at the same time and see how it worked and it was kind of a it was fun so maybe flankers aren't bad after all i don't know yeah. some uh so that actually related to a question that someone had asked us to ask you uh are you bringing back west egg or any other discontinued sense 
Um, probably not. Like West Egg was like a exclusive and it was part of that release. And I feel like it's kind of like the no, like sacrosanct to the Reddit thing. And uh, it was made specifically for that uh, fun thing. I, um, I guess like, you know, I kind of like, I just have cool ideas, I feel like, that I want to move forward with. And like, uh, you know, I, I just kind of like some of the, it's tough because I like to, I like to give people what they want. I like to know that people enjoy what I do. So I don't want to sound like I'm like, not like really appreciative of someone enjoying something I made because I totally am. But at the same time, it's like, man, I just had, it's, it's, you just like to move forward sometimes and you kind of like. You don't want to rest on your laurels, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the, sometimes I, Rolling Stones came here recently and I was just like, how are you still playing? You can't always get what you want like 50 years later. Like drugs. That's why they're still playing. And and, 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 uh, wheelbarrows just full of money that they just dump in front of them as as they take their their walkers and uh-huh. <laughs> i mean they're one of my favorite bands of all time but man uh, yeah i was like that has to be so crazy to just play the same song you wrote like what like 60 like yeah what was that i guess like, like that 60 years ago yeah like, like a lifetime ago yeah that's <laughs> wild that is what that 60 it is 2021 60 years ago that oh is so crazy to think and like, how do you feel those emotions that you felt when you wrote that song? Like as like a 20 something year old to be like, I'm feeling these emotions about something. And then when you're 60 something, you're like, yeah, that's stupid. I was such a dumb kid. But like, you know, to like be able to relive that, it feels so hard to do, like to do it authentically. I feel like they do, mm. like I'm not trying to bash on them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm jealous of my friends who went to see them. But at the same time, like, you know, it's like, I, I feel like that would feel so forced to just to like relive something like that. Hmm. I I just imagine that um, scene from Zombieland uh, mm-hmm. where he's just like wiping his tears with like stacks of money. Yeah. <laughs> Is it Zombie? Yeah. Was it Zombieland? I think it was Zombieland. Yeah, it was Zombieland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a good then, visual either way. <laughs> and there, there's also that see, I mean, quote unquote, you know, you can sell out a concert or sell out, you know, in like real life, right? I I also think about um, uh, Metallica, mm-hmm. and there's like that picture of them like stepping out of like the Prada store <laughs> with like bags of just it's either like like were they in like Rodeo Drive or somewhere like maybe somewhere up in in San Francisco or they're just like 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 boutique shopping mm-hmm. and I'm like this is the band that did Kill 'Em All Master yeah. of Puppets and they're just like now like middle-aged and they just have the money to build the life why not you know mm-hmm. you're right like like when they when they go and play a show is it is it that same emotional um connection yeah. that they did when they when they first put pen to paper you know yeah i don't know how they how they square that circle and i mean i i'm not trying to judge them i just don't personally i don't understand how you could do that and be the same person that you were like i mean and i feel bad for bands like that too because it's like i'm always so disappointed i'm like man they got so bad when they sobered up but good for them for sobering up and like getting their lives together but yeah. man they were so much better when they had their lives in a total mess, you know, <laughs> creatively, right? Like, yeah, you know, like know. The, the, the chaos, you know, like sounded better as a fan. But but here's the other thing, right? You know, when you first listen to them, like you're in a different spot, you're in a different space. You know, you talk in, in kind of talking about that music element, mm-hmm. is, you know, going back to it, it's just like, I feel, I don't, I think someone else said this, but like, you know, when you hear a song that you liked when you were younger, it's like going back into that time machine, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and stuff like that. 
and sometimes you'll go to a sh you know maybe you will see them like here we are years later they don't sound the same because they're not the same person that recorded it you know when they were fresh in the studio 20 30 60 years back mm -hmm. right and so it's just it's different and and i i think it's fair to just not um not look at it with the same type of expectation maybe mm -hmm. yeah for sure i think that's a really good point and i think that's uh, tough because sometimes you want the person to be the stuck in the time period that you love it and you remember and you feel so emotionally connected to it but you have to realize that people grow and move on and it sucks because i do that too like i'll go see a band i'm like man i do not like this new direction but you know good for them because they did they followed their dream like they followed their instincts they followed what they love they followed their passion but man it's just hard hard for me because like you know i've missed the thing that i fell in love with it's okay you can always revisit it on spotify yep that's true. <laughs> Where's my tech Spotify? That's Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, this podcast is on Spotify, so you better respect put some respect. That, that is, name. that's right. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. I just just playing. Eat that I, apple. <laughs> we uh we're available on all podcast platforms. Oh, well then so. Apple. Love Apple. Yeah, great, <laughs> yeah. Great, great job, Apple. Great job. Apple <laughs> Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh no, we Sti are on Stitcher. No, Spotify. Yeah. Stitcher, Anchor. Um what else? MySpace. Uh, po Pocket Tasks. <laughs> I joke. I'm basic AF. I have an iPhone. I listen to iTunes and I listen to Apple Podcasts. I, I I start seeing all these other technologies. I'm like, that's great, but like, you know, I'm already. It's all like, already on my. You're phone. in the ecosystem. That's yeah. The thing. It's okay. I'm there with you, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no shame. No shame in that. Yeah. Uh, I actually, Jared, uh, since since you did share one of the listener questions, why, why don't we uh, go, go ahead and dive into some listener questions? I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of scrolling and stuff like that. I mean, part of there's some we talked I, I a little bit about. Yeah, this first it. one though, I, I did want to dive into. I, I know there's a few things we want to get to, and some great questions. These are coming, Sean, from the community member community members in our discord server so thanks to everyone who submitted questions i know we won't get to them all but um yeah this is this is a this is a fun little uh section of the show that we'll have so first question up is from mr big mem and he has two questions for you uh first one is what is your favorite creation to date and the secondary question what fragrance from another house do you wish you had created oh man these are good questions i like these um so I would say my favorite that I've created to date is either it's always going to lean to the newest stuff because that's always the thing you're always most excited about it like um it's like 1904 that just came out is one that I've been wearing a ton lately it's uh, and it's pretty versatile uh Sun Soaked by Meryl Factive is also one that I really love but um honestly like the one I probably wear the oh nice bingo <laughs> love it love it um uh, but the one I wear the most is probably La Petite Prairie. Like that one is just oh, like, okay. I, I love it. It's always good. It's like that kind of thing. I love that classic. Um, I really worked hard to try to think about stuff like Eau Sauvage, like the original, not the new one, but like uh, <laughs> the, the good one. But uh, I Eau guess, Sauvage like, versus Johnny oh, Depp Sauvage. Yeah, versus Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or stuff like that or Guerlain's Vetiver, things like that that I loved and just classic stuff and try to reimagine it through a modern lens. Mm. But it's a it's a it's a type of fragrance that 
the evolved classic cologne that I've loved so much. So I just tried to do my, and that's probably the one I wear the most, honestly. So that's out of everything, that's probably, I wouldn't say my favorite, but it's the one I always reach for, if at least. I, it's, I, I think La Petite Prairie is also like very approachable for people who are, who may be unfamiliar with, you know, some of your stuff as well. Cause you, I mean, like, you know, like you have some like heavy hitters in there and like, mm-hmm. yeah, La Petite Prairie is like, like really, really nice and definitely along the lines of Eau Sauvage, Guerlain Vetiver, et cetera. You mentioned 1904. That actually, you know, that also kind of relates to another question in here. Um, this is from DF and DC. Yeah. Oh, oh, then I'll go back to the I'll go mm-hmm. back to the other question just yeah. because it's there. Uh, you couldn't stop yourself from mentioning the St. Louis Third Wave Coffee Roasters in your 1904 <laughs> description. What are your favorite roasters in St. Louis? This is from DF and DC. I mean, it's Sump. Sump is like god level. They are so good. Um, I've actually got customers who have got turned on to Sump, and they love them now, and they are so good. They're um, they, they've, they've got a place in Nashville now too. They're, they're growing a little bit. They started really small, but they are just two blocks south of here. Ooh. And they weren't, uh, they weren't not a part of the reason I wanted to move where I live right now, but um, yeah, it's so good. They have, they just, um, they're so, they just are so awesome. They're like so unpretentious, but they have like, they do like, they have really good Ethiopian roasts. They have um, a really cool, like tasting program. Like they have like a brewer or a roaster's recommendation every month. If you want to do that, like uh if you don't live here, they are, um, but yeah, they're really cool. They're really uh, fun. And I feel like they always have really good stuff. We have one called Blueprint that I like as, as well. And then um, one called Kova as well, Kova, but like, um, but I feel like the one that I really love is Sump and it's not even close. And I highly recommend if you're a coffee nerd, if you love a third wave roaster, just check out Sump. They are the jam. I promise you. I will. I will check that out after we're done <laughs> checking the mail i hope again on that one too <laughs> <laughs> and go going back to that first uh the second part of that first question uh what fragrance from another house do you wish you, you oh. had maybe created yeah that's a good one too oh man uh yeah so whew, there's um uh, there's a few by uh hans henley that i really love he i feel like he has a style that i really like uh that has that one blonde i feel like it's just really cool and like it's like uh iris and it's uh i love it it's it's like i feel like iris is like the uh the equivalent of like a really like just like kind of like great jazz trumpet kind of thing where it's just like so mm-hmm. soulful and sad but also like really cool and just chills you to the bone and yeah he's done some that i just feel like are uh really cool and um yeah i i think that uh that would have to be the one that would pop- I, i'm gonna be mad because i forgot something but i'll say like <laughs> Hans Henley is always a good choice, and I'm de- I'm gonna go with that one. That's yeah. I feel like Iris in general it pops at least in, in the kind of the more you know, designer even it's kind of having its day in the uh, in in the spotlight. It, it's great, and you can do so many things with it. I wonder if that's why. Um, Could be. I was so bummed when Dior uh, Home uh, they changed they reformulated Dior Home and uh, like uh, that. Yeah, I, I bought two bottles of it just because I love that one so much. I was so bummed when they reformulated it. Apparently, you can. They're still making the uh, "quote unquote" original one in the European oh. market, and and might I forgot um, the naming convention, but there are talks given the community or customer response to like make that available again. It like in parallel with that whatever new <laughs> new reformulated DRO is. They should have just called it something else. I think. 
yeah, I know. I don't get that. Like, they got the, yeah. the Savage, the Dior Home. They were really just like, they're kicking the pooch on naming, I feel like. I agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, Gerard, do you want to do the, the second question from DF and DC? I know that this is pretty interesting too. Let's see. Oh, um, oh okay. Yeah, I see it. So again, from DF and DC, um, the sense you've created for other brands as a contracted perfumer have mostly been huge crowd pleasers. Is there a different approach you take to those jobs versus creating something for Chateau and Lux or Merrill Factive? Yeah, I mean, it's, and like, I, I really love doing it. And it reminds me of like writing it, like doing, being a copywriter, like whenever you have a brand or you have something and you, like I could write what I wanted to write, but instead I have to write it through the voice of the existing framework and like what they had, they want, we want this to sound like this. And it's still fun because it's a challenge because you have to like create something to someone else's standards and you have to like use their voice. And you're like, hey, what would this person or this brand or this like thing sound like? But it's not like, the emotion isn't part of it, like what maybe what I would do. And I don't mean that in like a bad way. It's just like these things are deeply personal that I make for my brands and they're made for a very specific intent. Like Chateau and Luke's obviously about St. Louis and inspired by the history and like kind of like a classic and modern thing. And Merrill Fact, it was like really personal for me. But like whenever I do something like, um, you know, like with the Watchmen, it was like not the approach I would have taken for that, but like, it's not my brand either. And it's something that I think turned out really well, but not like, you know, not the way I would have gone with it or something like Sea Spice Slime. I mean, like, I love it, but it's like, I wouldn't have done that for a million years with my own brand, but I feel like it's kind of fun to be able to do something because like, it was like, even when I played in music and I would be in these serious bands, it was always fun to play like in this friend's band, we'd get a fun pop music band and, you know, we would just play and we would, you know, play songs and cover songs or something that were fun to sing along to or something. And it's, it's still fun to do. And it's cool because it shakes you out of your uh, kind of like what your, your, uh, the ruts you get into a little bit. Sometimes, even if you don't take on that style, it's really fun to see something through a different perspective. And it makes you understand perfuming in a different way that you wouldn't have if you would stay like cloistered in your own like little world. Hmm. So I think, I, I think it's really great and it's really fun it's just like, you know, it's just a different thing. It's like, um, it's, it's a little bit more cold and calculated, but in a way that's like really cool because you can just like look at something. And sometimes when you're detached emotionally, you can really look at a problem and see a lot more aspects of it. And you can really see a lot more like facets and like ways around to solve the problem than if you could, if you were just like, Hey, this, I'm just thinking through my own personal perspective. It's really cool to get that wide vision view that you wouldn't be able to do. So I think it's actually helped me a ton grow as a perfumer. And it's really cool to work with these people like, you know, you know, Heather and like, you know, all those people, like all these brands that are like, uh, that I've worked with, uh, that are really cool. And they help me to see things through their vision, which is really fun because I get to see things that I maybe wouldn't have thought of before. Um, so it's just like a whole different thing. It's like a whole different ball game. And that's why like, I don't really put my brand on that stuff because it's not my brand. It's not my voice. It's not my vision, but it's so cool to be able to help people realize if they have a dream, but they don't have like, maybe they want to get to point A to point C to help them under navigate through point B and get to the place where they want to be. And then be able to see that like to please them and to get to give them the thing that they've dreamed of. It's really rewarding in a whole different way that I, you know, wouldn't have thought of before, you know? Okay, so th this is uh, from uh, our all of our friend uh, Chris Cullen over at Katie's Bubbles. Mm -hmm. um, 
do you have any other sense that the creation process was fueled by Malort or is <laughs> Le Boisson sur la Porsche is the only one? Oh, no, that is truly, um, as far as all the creative processes I've been a part of, uh, Malort with Josh and Chris is maybe the best creative process I've ever experienced in my life. That was, uh, yeah, because nice. no, like, yeah, like it was, um, I feel like they were probably carrying me along. I think I was like, uh, I think they were maybe keeping it together a little bit than I was, but, um, but yeah, that was a that was one of the, that's one of those historical nights of as far as like fun party nights that you like, yeah, hanging out with Chris and Josh and coming up with that idea was top, top night for sure. Can, can, you know, for, for those who are not in the know, I, I've kind of done my research. I've never had Malort, but can you describe, can you ex describe what Malort is and maybe the general, you know, story of like how uh, the Boston Sur La Porsche came out, came about? Well, I think Malort would be if you described like um, either like one of those kind of like northern like kind of like uh, northern European candies that nobody likes that you're shocked that it's actually called a candy like and you're like that's a, that's a delicious treat for you and I say that as someone whose sister lives in like uh, the Netherlands so like I'm familiar with like yep with quote candy you know but like uh <laughs> so it's like it, it's kind of like medicine in a way it tastes like a like a weird spicy medicine and you drink it and it's not like, and that's the funny thing. And you have a hard time, like, especially if you've never had it before, they have a whole, all these videos, look up Malort face. If you're watching this and you haven't, or listening to this and you haven't uh, seen them, they're great because it's like so unexpected. It's not even high proof, but it just gets on top of you. But if you like that kind of thing, I like weird tastes and weird flavors. I really took to it. So, um, our Chuck Falzone, who, uh, you know, they restored razors and, uh, and, uh, community guy as well. He, um, brought it because it's was big in Chicago to, uh, Maggard razors, like meetup event. And so we were having it, we were having a blast. And, uh, I, I think Chris is pretty familiar with it too. Actually, I think Chris and Chuck brought it. I think Chuck brought some and Chris brought some. I think Chris These brings it wherever he goes. Yeah. He kind yeah. of keeps it on him. <laughs> So like we were just there and that's the problem there's too many bottles and they had to get taken care of and so like we were just having we were uh bsing and having fun and howling at the moon as josh said and i guess there's an idea for like the his howling at the moon nights where it's like drinking whiskey uh and then uh so like a uh, turkish coffee with like cardamom and like you know orange and things like that so like what would that night smell like and it was kind of cool because like chris came up with his idea and i came up with my idea I feel like it kind of, it's like a Rorschach test, kind of like um, mm. a Fougere is in a way, mm -hmm. where it kind of shows you have this base level and then it helps you. And then how you go about it kind of shows your personality as a perfumer. Like, so like, and Chris, I did his, he does like really cool, like comforting scents that are like, I think dense and like really nice. And like, just, they feel like kind of, I mean, in the best way possible, monolithic where he just like manages to blend it seamlessly with like the smooth corners. And like, I feel like mine was like maybe a little more like orangey and like kind of like bright and it punches you up the top, kind of like I sometimes do. And I thought it was fun because I was like, hey, this looks like Chris's personality, my personality. Like, and it's just, and it was like one of those first things because it was so early on in the history. And I was like, hey, it made me realize how much of your personality goes into your fragrances as a perfumer when you go directly looking at through your lens and you just like, you can kind of like, and it, it goes with scent because I've read that 40% of your receptive uh, nerves, as far as scent goes, and that your olfactory bulb 
can change from person to person. So like what I smell on something and like in perception is so much of it too. Like you, there've been studies that show that if you suggest someone that suggested someone that's going to smell like something, they will smell the thing you suggested them. So like, there's so much that goes into it that like, it's so like, it can be so variable that I feel like that was the kind of the, my, my earliest lesson in how subjective scent can be like how incredibly subjective it is and how people can smell different things and how you can interpret things differently and so it was a, it was so mm. uh, it was not only fun not only did I love Malort but also I got to have a great experience as a perfumer as well so it was like win 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 you know <laughs> oh and, and just for those not familiar because I think it was a while ago where when it first came out uh, Le Boisson is in English it's porch drinks so you mm -hmm. guys have seen the creation of porch drinks which I think was only you can only get it through Josh Carnivus mm -hmm. who I'm not sure if Carnivus and Richardson are still active currently but they, they used to make some great mm -hmm. uh some, some good brush uh, was it aluminum and titanium brush handles mm -hmm. so stainless that, steel that, also stainless steel yeah, so all sorts all sorts of sorry I just, just said metal metal brush yeah. handles <laughs> well, and I just do one and I had a crack in my old sink because I dropped it one time Ooh. and it <laughs> totally cracked the porcelain. But you oh, know, I got no idea. They are heavy. Oh, they can yeah. be. Yeah. I mean, it'll survive nuclear winter for sure. Yep. <laughs> for sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, my lord. I, I try it. I, I've never tried it, but I would try it. But that's I, the, I think it's more and more foodie in me. Now. Used to be hard to get, but I think you can get it. I don't know. Maybe I'm close to Chicago, so I'll get it more easily. But, you know. Mm. I, I mean, it's worth a shot. You might hate it, but you will have an experience. You'll be able to tell the I'll rest. I'll take a of shot of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a shot of it. It's, it's, I'm looking at it right now. It's still available on Katie's Bubbles. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. I, yeah, Porsche drinks and then just drinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. That's, which is the, the, what, just the fragrance version uh, of uh, uh Yeah, the, uh, the post shave and then the eau de toilette. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> There we go. Yeah, you should drink some more Malort, Sean, and see what else you come with. Come up with. <laughs> oh, oh no, 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 no. See what? See, see why would you? Um, you should just, you know, grab other spirits and then oh. see where that path would Absinthe. lead you. And you know, like well, absolutely. But isn't? I mean, it's the same thing, right? Like that. The the big active ingredient in Malort and absinthe is is the wormwood, supposedly. I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't drink. So, but I believe that's the, that's the, that's the key thing, right? But it's also, isn't that like poison? So like, that's the thing where like, you have to like, I thought that was a big thing with absinthe. If you got it from like Europe, certain places you get it with real wormwood in it. And then like, it was like poisonous or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I do remember. Yeah. It, like, it makes you go blind. Like, I mean, that's, yeah. I remember like, kind of like moonshine in the absinthe that's not made in the most, you know, <laughs> correct way Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> can make you go blind um let's let's uh let's wrap up the community questions with one more sean uh this one comes from m2 shaves of all the scents you've done which one would you like to redo or refine well it's kind of funny like i did uh when i did treachery for mayoral factive it was kind of in a way revisiting gratiot league square so it was like oh. it had leather um you know there were spices uh but uh, when I did Gresham League Square, it was 
like when I was still really early on, I was using a few pre-made bases and stuff like that. And so I made it from the scratch, like from scratch from the ground up, mm-hmm. added some whiskey to it, you know, did some stuff that like I thought would kind of make it a more mature scent, like maybe more um, mature in like my development and more like maybe, maybe a little bit more edgy, a little bit more like, you know, feeling a little more bold. Um, but, you know, I think that is, uh, I think I've kind of done that. I think that I would like to revisit something like uh, Champs de Levant or Levant Poivre, those ones that were like a little more, there were a lavender scent. I think I kind of like to do a lavender scent, but I haven't had an idea how to do it yet. So um, I would like to come up with another lavender scent, but. Malort. Malort, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Done. All right, guys. Let's go to the liquor store. <laughs> Uh, take five. We'll come back. Lavand <laughs> de Malort. Yeah. <laughs> who made who made this? Yeah. John, this is why we are not in perfumery. Okay. Yeah. Like we just have we just like throw out bad ideas. You shut and... your mouth. This is a brilliant idea. Yeah. And Sean will execute it. I trust him. Oh gosh. It's funny because I do have some of those where I have sitting in my place. I'm like, I have little bottles. I'm like I make them, I'm like, this is going to be terrible, but I have to try it just to see what happens. You it's know? like lavender, gasoline, and taint. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more experience. The taint is always involved in Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, before we hit the uh, you know record button, yeah, my my real question was how has the past year and a half been for you creatively and maybe maybe logistically, but really more creatively, um, because yeah, you had just launched Merrill Factive last year, and then it basically seemed that everyone shut down. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. yeah, just a little bit of comment on that and and that the challenge. But yeah, Merrill Effective launched April 2020. So it was like the worst time ever to launch a new house, especially luxury. So it launched with a whimper and I can't, I can't complain. Things were super slow. It was pretty dire. And, you know, it's one of those times where, you know, you're happy that you don't do this full time because at least I have a paycheck. But um, honestly, that all that spare time and like the low demand during the early days of the pandemic, just like it pushed me into a creative like frenzy, really, because I was kind of like, what else are you going to do? Also, if you're socially distancing and you're in lockdown, where what better place to do that than in your perfume studio? So like, I kind of just jumped in there. I really like, now's the time to, I was like, now's the time to explore all the things that I've ever wanted to explore, to think, to just bear, like tear down to the most basic concepts, to really think things out and think, what do I want to do with these brands? What do I want to do with myself? How do I want to grow? What materials do I want to explore? So I just kind of like took it as a chance to really, you know, do some great work. And like, I came out with like a ton of sense in 2020 and it was so much fun. And that's when I started creating for other people too. And it was like, I was working from home for my other job. So um, hopefully I'm sure they won't be listening because they don't really care about my 
business at all and that's fine because like I don't really want them to but like uh so like it was cool working from home because some days I have so much to do I will work way into the night some days I don't have anything to do so if I have nothing to do I would just go down to my studio and start working you know because it's like I mean what's the what's the, I mean I I, I got a guilt free because I'm like I pull all nighters sometimes like mm. if I don't have anything to do in the afternoon if I go on the studio it all evens out in the wash but like yeah I got to do I got to kind of do that and kind of like juggle those two things a little bit and um there were some challenges obviously i'm sure other people say as well packaging stuff because of you know the trade embargoes and then also even more with logistics like you know it's been i had to buy a full pallet of bottles the other day because like it was the for the mayoral factor line like the bottles were i couldn't buy them by the box anymore so i had to buy a giant massive pallet full of bottles and it was just like the scariest thing i've done because it was like the most money I've ever spent on anything at once. Cause like even my car, like I'm making payments on it, you know? So it's like, <laughs> uh, you don't get to make payments on a pallet of bottles. So it was like terrifying, but it was like, you know, it's, it's, but it's one of those things where you, uh, I feel like, you know, you have challenges and you overcome them and it's part of being a small business anyways. So um, I think that uh, there's a lot of comfort in things you can control in a time where things are out of control. And one thing I could control is being able to make fragrances and being able to uh, create things that I love and be able to, uh, you know, come up with ideas and make them a reality. So in a way it was very comforting and really inspired me creatively. I hate to sound like I'm like, you know, tragedy made really made me inspired and was a great thing for me. But like, sometimes you're at the worst of times you have choices. You can either like spiral down or you can, you know, you can, rally and you can find the best in yourself and I feel like I tried my best I mean nobody was perfect to everybody I feel like at low points but I feel like I did a really good job finding the best in me and I feel like it was a really good time everybody found a reckoning I feel like everybody kind of inspected who they were what they wanted out of life who like what they wanted to achieve and for me I think that's something I kind of needed in the crossroads at that time where I was like launching a new brand things like that and I feel like maybe Meryl Factive and Chateau and Lux wouldn't be as well uh, defined if it wasn't for the pandemic in a well way, because I kind of realized now's the time I have the opportunity to sit down and think, what do I want to accomplish with the, both of these brands? So th thank you for answering that. I mean, so then to modify my question, what would we not have seen in the past 18 months if things were just normal? Um. Well, definitely fewer since, that's for sure. Um, I probably wouldn't have been as gung-ho about trying to work with other brands and be like a contract perfumer because like it's kind of a thing at first where it's like a, it feels very daunting to take on. Um, and once I got that, that under my belt, now that I'm back in the office, I still have an idea of how to what it's like to work with people and how to implement the stuff I've learned as like a creative in an agency into like the um, the day-to-day, -day, like, uh, you know, working with someone else in like the fragrance industry because in the end it is both a creative process and um yeah so now that I have the process like nailed down I feel like that is a thing that like I'm so glad I had the opportunity to learn about it but I would never would have done it if it would have been like the way I am now because I would have been I just would have thought new thing new thing to learn not interested too much time I'm scared of change that kind of thing <laughs> so um yeah so I'm really glad that I got I uh, took the chance on doing that it's it's uh it's not, it's uh, always, it's hard to, you know, sometimes think about through other people's perspective, but it definitely helps for sure.
as we're winding things down, Sean, is there any are there any upcoming releases uh, that you could share with us, or any anything that's coming in the near future that you'd like to tease uh, to the listeners of the show? Yeah, um, um, the next the next two I have are Meryl Factive releases. I, I have a couple on Chatting Looks, but not anything I should probably talk about yet. But like mm. Meryl Factive has one called Sagan Dahlia. And that's um, a kind of like a, it's a, a Siberian rhododendron. I always, I, I am terrified of saying that word because it's like one of those <laughs> things you get a mental block. You never say it. And I hate it. It's, uh, but anyways, it's like this really cool, like rare thing. I was able to get a hold of some and I made this batch and it was like such a cool thing because it was like kind of like almost touch coniferous like kind of fruity, like is it not what you expect from that flower. And I combined that with a, a Tejet Marigold, which is like, again, kind of fruity, but also kind of like, I would say watery, but it kind of adds this like, kind of like freshness to it. And I added some uh, plum, some tobacco absolute uh, that has a couple different kinds of labdanum. Uh, there's, uh, you know, uh, oh, and mortel and honey. So it's just, just this big, thick fragrance. And I'm really excited about it because it's like, it, it's it's very much a natural material showcase. I do it is obviously I never do all natural stuff, but this is more heavily naturally leaning, and I it kind of I feel like if you like stuff like Hiram Green and stuff like that, I feel like it's going to be like kind of up your alley. I'm pretty excited about that, and I also got a charred uh, barrel, like a one liter for um, a batch of treachery. So I'm doing a barrel aged treachery since it's a whiskey fragrance. I put it in a charred oh, barrel. I'm aging it cool. in there, so I got a few months in it, and it's kind of going. I I haven't checked in a few weeks, but it's starting to really start. You're starting to get that charred, like especially at the beginning, get a smoky hint and everything feels a lot more bold at the top. So I'm really excited to, you know, see how that one turns out. Hmm. Is is that a flanker? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a flanker, yes. <laughs> I mean. Uh, I'm becoming everything I hate. <laughs> gotcha. Barrel-aged All this gotcha journalism. I knew it. It is treachery. I mean. Maybe, honestly, like it's still treachery. It's just a little yeah. tweak on it. So I mean, it totally is. I, yeah. I think you got a flanker on your hand. I got a flanker. I got. A flanker. That's that's <laughs> not. I don't know. What, no. what, 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 what would you call it then? Um, um, uh, treachery. I don't. I don't. I don't have. No. Oh God. <laughs> treachery. Treachery. Black. It's funny. It's like one of those things where you think you're like, you think you hate something, and then suddenly you're like, no, you live that every day. You're like, oh, I've become wait, what I've hated on. most. <laughs> and then you rethink everything in your life. <laughs> That's hilarious. Sorry, I, 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 I totally derailed you, you sharing a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, there's a question I, I, I meant to slip in there with the listener questions, but the term for, for like, because you're a word guy, right? So ter- terminology between, um, what, do you call, what was it? Uh, indie perfumer versus niche perfume, uh, perfumer. Like, is there a difference or like, like, like what, how do you, yeah. Like, what do you think? It's tough because like everybody has a different one. There's like a bunch. I define it as independent and I define it by the way that the Institute, Institute of Art and Olfaction defines it for their okay. awards because that just, it's just easier and I think it makes sense where independent house is owned by the perfumer or at least part of the owning is by the perfumer whereas niche could be an independent house but niche is like just going to be something that's 
the, the strict definition was like limited distribution. So like Nishi would have to really work hard to find it. I think it's evolved much in the way that like the term indie music evolved where it was like originally independent label then it turned out to be something that just was kind of off the mainstream. I feel like that's how niches involved, evolved and I feel like that's why independent perfumers have become a buzzword because that's a way to say like this person has more control over the process. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some people though, there's that thing where like people like one of people, some people think independent perfumers and indie perfumers are like those, like kind of like those perfume oil companies that do like the, and they do like more gourmand oriented stuff. And sometimes they do makeup and it's kind of like more that oriented. And so like, I kind of uh, had people do that, that reach out, like, are you in indie and I'll do it. And, uh, and they're like, how come you don't have perfume oils? I'm like, oh, well, I meant like I'm independent. Like, you know, I don't have a, I, this is my company. Like it's mine. I own it. I run it. I do everything. But so I've learned about that a little huh. bit. And I guess that's a thing. But I, so it's again, everybody has a definition about things, but I feel like the strictest definition. And I think the one that it makes the most sense is say independent perfumer, in, in, independent perfume, perfume house is one owned by the perfumer. And that way you're independent to make whatever decisions you want to make. Okay, that, that that's very helpful. Just sometimes I'm like, I want to use it interchangeably. Like, I no, no there's definitely a nuance there that mm-hmm. was worth asking you about it. So thank you, thank you, thank you yeah. for clearing that up. Well, spread the word because you know everybody has their own definition, and I like that one. So let's let's <laughs> be team team uh, perfumer owned on that one. I, I, I like words too. So you know more clar- <laughs> more clarity, honestly. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll work together on that. But uh, so. But Sean, I think, uh, yeah, I know we've taken up a lot of your time, but thank you so much for joining us for the, the podcast today. It's really been a pleasure getting to know you and uh, just hearing about you know, how, how business has been for both Chateau Luke's and Mayoral Effective. Well, cool. It was a blast. Yeah, I haven't done anything like this in a while. And it's always fun to talk about perfume and stuff with people because you don't even like, you know, my girlfriend pretends to be interested and she likes to smell the stuff but there's only so much she can handle talk of you know talking about this kind of thing so uh, i'm so glad to have someone to talk to that actually cares about this kind of thing uh, we we both have wives and i i'm not gonna speak for john but i am in saying that i'm sure they both feel yeah. the same way our, our wives oh, feel the same way for sure for sure we're all in the same boat here so we can all just nerd out about perfumer yeah. perfumery and shaving stuff together it's like where it's like we we all have you know bottles or fragrances and you're just and and they don't (laughs) and it's just like (laughs) here we are this is what it's come down to she has like burberry and then all of my stuff is her collection so it's like (laughs) whenever i smell her wearing burberry i'm like um you know i hear you i got some other stuff in there you know nope I see nothing else. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Sean, thank you so much. Uh, It was such a pleasure talking with you. Yeah.